I'm Tom. Hey, Tom, how you doing over there? What's going on? Good, just killing the mood constantly. Oh, nuts. I'm, I'm here. I got the, the little fire going. I got your huge pit bull on my lap, and I'm reading it, uh, little stories. It's nice. Um, uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, uh, the the a Christmas story? They're remaking it now. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm not watching that. I'm not I'm watching like, it either. Oh, happy holidays. I I tricked you. Uh, it's actually it's more like that movie, The Parent Trap, because I tricked you into getting back together with me tonight for the podcast for the listeners. I can't believe it. Yeah, just just for the because the listeners are missing you, and we still don't know where Justin is. He's in Santa's workshop making fishing lures. Um, shout out to Justin all day. But it, of course, Justin does be the behind the scenes graphics for the episodes every week. Big shout out to him. So he's alive. Yeah, but Tom, I tricked you, and I got you here now with your little dog too. Yeah, I don't mind. All right. Well, I'm gonna take you take you guys to a dark place tonight. So let's lighten it up for now, at least. Yeah, you really uh, are gonna be throwing me into some shit, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you just previewed a little bit of it behind the scenes. Yeah. How, how you how you been though, Tom? I'm good. Can't complain. Staying busy. Uh, holiday shit. We're recording this like what a week and a half after Thanksgiving. So yeah, we did that. That happened. That was fine. And um, how was that? It's good, man. You know, it, it's Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. how do you mess it up? Big family now that you got married, or uh, we big, big big meal family. We actually had my in laws and my parents. They we all hung out here. Okay, uh, yeah, my father in law cooked a turkey in this room. In this in this small <laughs> little room, in the studio, in this tiny room <laughs> that is yes. Um, yeah, it was fine, man. What about you? Would you What'd you do? Um, watched uh watched horror movies. Uh, texted Adam Rotella about said horror movies. No, I shout out to Adam and I. We had a small uh a humble Thanksgiving this year. I actually um we you know we did. I went over shout out to my cousin and um uh my cousin in law and uh, my nephew. We had a nice time over there with everybody. I came home. I roasted a chicken myself. Nice. Roasted a chicken. Cooked a little bit of the stuffing. Did everything uh, myself. Uh, just to have a little bit of the old leftovers. Um, the what you know, Wawa. Oh yeah, you've I been know. to New Jersey in your life. Yeah, I'm sure. I've, I've been to a bunch of Wawa. You're a worldly man. Yeah, I've you, been. Yeah, you, you're you're a more <laughs> learned man than me. I'm sure you've been around. Uh, Wawa has the the gobbler, which okay. um, I'm glad that they have that computer ticket system at Wawa because I would never want to ask for that sandwich by name speaking to another person right you don't mind pressing gobbler but... yeah i can press the button and get the ticket or whatever but that yeah that's it's a beautiful little sandwich they got with the thanksgiving i'm, I'm saying this for our, our um our international guests who don't have thanksgiving they can still celebrate the cult the the uh gastronomic qualities of this holiday i i recommend it the stuffing and the cranberry i'm sure you can find the vegan options shot to mary Bielik all day um yeah, it was good, man. And then we got we rounded out the weekend. We played uh, Afterbirth. Uh, had the 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 luxury and the honor of uh, um, performing uh, right in our backyard there at the old Amityville Music Hall here in Suffolk County, Long Island. Um, Fester Gore, young band from Staten Island. Uh, Bowel Erosion, young band from Long Island. No, right. no, no introduction needed. We know them. Uh, Fester Gore, you might hear more about. Um, uh, stay tuned um afterbirth um the, the great crowd everybody was warm to us uh beautiful experience you, you can catch um shout to uh shit gazer uh on ig um young uh uh i like that name yeah shit gazer uh young um i guess photographer and videographer 
of the underground music scene out here. I get, I think it's shit underscore gazer, I believe. Um, captured that. You could look that up. Uh, it's on YouTube and IG and all that, man. Shout to uh, whoever that was breakdancing. They caught somebody breakdancing in the video, man. We had we had a beautiful time out there. Shout to Immortal Suffering. Um, they what a great set, man. Um, glad we didn't have to play after them or Torturous Inception because they would have been tough acts to follow. Torturous Inception, of course, back with Tyler on vocals. We interviewed Tyler. Um, we interviewed Dustin and Devin from Torturous Inception. We interviewed Leo, who used to be in Immortal Suffering. We're going to have an mm. interview coming up with somebody who is currently in Immortal Suffering. I'll leave it at that. Um, nice. Yeah, so a great night over there. Shout out to Chris from Internal Bleeding. We got to get him in in the new year sometime. Yeah, we've been... Man, Chris is... Uh, what a good dude. And you know what happens? I feel like on the show a bunch, we... Because we're close to these people, it's like we're always you're always like fishing for other people outside mm. forgetting you have this mm. network available mm. you know what that's almost a segue is it well there's a band i'm going to talk about and i'm going to talk about how we haven't reached out to them for interview and we should have by now i'll leave that for a few minutes from now when i after i intro this whole thing but um there are people like and you know i said this um rest rest in peace all day of course to trevor sternad man um he, he was a, a real nice guy to us when, when we knew him and, and he was he's a good example of that as someone who's like you kind of you know that you could book an interview but at the same time like there's certain people that are probably always getting requests for interview in my head like i'm just adding to 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 you know the like i don't want to ask a favor type of thing you know what i mean yeah and, you're not always making the most logical move with uh booking orders because we're trying to we're trying. I don't know. We're, we're. I guess we're trying to accomplish something here. That's we're figuring it out as we go. Even though we're four years into it, it's a self-conscious, self-defeating mentality. Uh, and we gotta start pulling in those favors, um, like Paulie Walnuts in 2023 coming up. But, um, you know, all this Long Island death metal talk. Uh, you know, Long Island death metal. This Long Island death metal. That there was a little. Um, there was a, a, a cute little clip of me doing the vocals and somebody breakdancing and it said Long Island death metal out there. You know, it was funny. Everybody knows we talk about Long Island death metal. We've broken that for the Patreon people. I've broken it down to like, I think I was giving away people's birth certificates and social security numbers who were in internal bleeding once. I was like yeah. giving away all the goods on Patreon, allegedly. Um, but we've broken down Long Island death metal a lot over the years. We've interviewed a lot of people. We've but something that we really haven't touched on a lot, we have touched on it, but Long Island black metal, is that a thing? It's cold here sometimes. Yeah, you, well. You think of black metal at this time of year. Exactly. Thank you for that. This It's winter setting in. It's been real brisk the last few days. We had a lot of rain and everything. Winter's coming, man. They say it's going to be a um a brutal one this year. It might be a little bit more snow than we expect. Who knows? uh long island black metal or is that gonna bring it out of us i don't know but i wanted to go back and do the research and find out like what did i miss because we have interviewed of course you can go back and check out our interview i believe we had uh mike zancelli from um uh, dimension on and paragon records on twice if i'm not mistaken yeah uh, once fairly recently with, you know, within their last album coming out, we probably could get him back on again and once back in the day. But, um, also my friend, Greg Lehman of Telok Vovin, we had him on back in the day for a Halloween episode, I think a few years ago, another person we could, we could update with. These are kind of well-known established Long Island black metal, uh, uh, people. Like I, I have this, um, 
this intro that really kind of uh, uh, references them, and and it's uh, Long Island black metal. You know, uh, that's what we're in search of today, and. People were kind of against black metal within the death metal scene in the 90s here on Long Island. Like when I when I was a youngster and I would kind of go to Castle Heights and uh, my old band, we, you know, we would open up for Dehumanize sometimes and things like that. And um, there was a lot of attitude within a lot of the brutal death metal scene. Back then, it wasn't brutal death metal. It was just the death metal scene. Right. And people would make fun of black metal. You know, you didn't see a lot of people wearing black metal. The black metal scene was something much smaller and kind of different and separate from the established death metal scene, more or less, especially if you were talking about, like, Long Island and Queens or whatever, which is what I would see, to the point where I know... Um, at one point, the, the forgotten, or maybe I don't think they were dimension at that point. They were called the forgotten years ago was, was trying to book shows and bring dying fetus and different bands out to Long Island to Suffolk County. And there were entities from the death metal scene working against that and doing you know, behind the scenes, talk to dying fetus, telling them not to come out here. And they did to their credit play Suffolk County, but, um, different things, people, people really actually trying to shut down black metal. And it's like tiny little incarnations from those days. So I got to give those guys credit. The true Long Island black metal will always be the forgotten, which later became Dimension On and represented a crew of friends and musicians, mainly from East Long Island, who were all drawn to the darker side of metal, despite the overwhelming geographic influence of suffocation, pyrexia and internal bleeding. Uh, Dimension On still exists to this day, and past alumni are the driving forces behind other standout cult Long Island acts, Telok Vovin, and Rigor Sardonicus, more of a sludgy doom band with occult overtones, um, but very, very much from that camp of people. Uh, you know, so none of the above records and the Roxy and other legendary Long Island metal landmarks also spawned a small but thriving community of darkened metalheads who sought something beyond the usual suburban slams. Um and, and suburban slams. Just, yeah, I wrote that. That's um, nice. Yeah, it's not a freestyle. I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna be real with it. And another band that I just have to talk because these are kind of bands I'm getting off the top of the head. Like when you say Long Island black metal, oh yeah, you know the the, the dimension on guys have been around forever. You know, I get that. Um, Telag Vovin, Accursed. Accursed is a band that I've brought up on this podcast several times over the years. They put out the one demo. It's an amazing demo um very long island death very suffocation very um uh uh, sermon of mockery almost very very like classic pristine long island death metal highly recommended but very occult oriented um from the artwork to the lyrics and everything else and pornographic in a way too so it's one of those bands where they say like there's people that will consider morbid angel black metal because it deals with the occult right there's their aesthetic is yeah it's a southern version of that so it's just that's from that school of thought accursed was absolutely a black metal band and again i'm bending the definition of black metal and even the definition of long island here and there for this episode because once we get beyond these bands that i just talked about and this camp of musicians i just talked about there's really it's far and few between, and I had to really dig, which brings me to my next point as I kind of, I'm just going through the introduction here. I have to quickly shout out the Long Island Heavy Metal History uh, YouTube channel, of course, uh, Tom Meehan curating that, and the Facebook group, uh, as well as Sam Sherrick, Ryan Lipinski, Mike Zancelli, uh, Jim Rose, Adam Rotella, Dave Gladding, 
um, and, and anyone else who might have given me information for this, because I had to ask around. This is something that I was kind of toying with as an idea, and once I really started, I figured, you know, quick trip on Metallum, Discog, my usual haunts, Discogs, you know, Google Long Island Black Metal a couple of times and, and see. No, man, I had to ask around, and most of this stuff I dug up is from these guys' personal friends of mine texting me back and saying, hey, I remember this. Hey, you might want to look up that. So shout out to all those people. This was totally a team effort this episode. Um, and Tom, if you're ready to go to the dark side, we, yeah. could, we, we, we could take you there. All right. Let's make it happen. All right. Um, well, let's, let's bring them in with a little bit of the first band, and we'll talk about Fallen Christ from Queens, New York in a minute. Shout to Queens all day. That's Fallen Christ from their 1994 album, Abduction Ritual, which was on Listenable Records. Um, starting off at, right out the gate. And, I, you know, I did say I'm bending the definition of Long Island because this is a kind of a local vernacular thing. Most people don't consider Queens or Brooklyn part of Long Island, though geographically on a map, you know, it's part of the island itself. Yeah, it's... It's one of those discussions where you just watch other people have. Like, you, uh, yeah. like, there's no point in getting involved. I use it to my advantage, depending which way I want to go in terms of this podcast and the music scene. Right, and, whoever, whoever you're trying to pry. Like, yeah, so the lack of long, uh, the lack of, I'll say, proper Nassau County, Suffolk County black metal forced me to delve into Queens, and also the prominence of this band, the early dating of this band, uh, 1994, compared to uh, most of the other acts I'm going to talk about, uh, the fact that they had an album out on Listenable Records, which was nothing to sneeze at in 1994, um, and I have a personal experience. I, some of my first shows at Castle Heights in Queens with my band Cursed Earth were opening up for this band or watching this band. I saw them a few times, and I remember having conversations with their drummer, who was a pretty cool guy. Um, so this band was kind of, I guess, probably winding down their, their you know, their more busier part of their career um, in the late 90s, so I got to kind of catch that. This album, as you, as you just heard, um, extremely fast and urgently tempoed for the time i mean you know for 1994 unless you're talking about early cryptopsy or maybe brutal truths extreme conditions demand extreme responses album there's not much else to go off of that was that fast no and it's it it's truly not like what you would consider black metal now but mm, mm, mm -hmm. it, it's 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 death metal but i, I mean like akin enough like you listen to Dark Funeral now, and it's, like, extremely fast and stuff like that, but there's something yeah. about it where it's a little more melodic or something that's atmospheric. This this is chaotic. Uh, it's awesome. I just... The imagery itself for this is extremely black metal. 100%. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the band, like, would... Would they don any I, black metal gear I don't when they recall, played? Like you know, if they did, it probably wasn't much. I don't recall armor or corpse paint or anything too 
too over the top. Right. And that, this yeah. is also coming from a 2022 perspective of like hyper refining what genres are. It, well, that's what I was going to say is 1994, I think it was a little bit more about intent with the term black metal. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, In terms of the, the, the themes and the lyrics and the imagery. And again, for the, for, this, for, for the sake of this show, I had to cast a really wide net to do a Long Island black metal podcast and actually come up with enough content to make to make an episode out of this guy. So I'm just I'm being I'm being really clear with you right now. So um we are including bands that might be uh black metal according to some de- some definition some people's definition and others uh you know maybe not but uh this is definitely that type of black metal that is like more death metal sonically but with intent is probably uh quote unquote blackened um and definitely worth a listen again like i was saying before about a curse the curse was a band that had more in common with suffocation uh in your ears but you know when when you're listening to the band you're also looking at the album cover and and what they were about was more occult satanism so you know that that's black metal to some people like i said early morbid angel is black metal. yeah i'm not gonna not i'm not gonna say this isn't black metal yeah i'm just you know um i another example that comes to mind that is death metal but with that intent is like vital remains like a lot of their stuff Mm -hmm. yeah it's death metal but then they have these they have an element that is so black metal it's undeniable i think the 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 real the true gauge of this might be death metal bands that are like respected and probably would be on the same lineup as like a, a fest of like the, the the cult black metal people, you sure, know what I mean? Yeah. Like those bands that could probably walk the line between the death metal scene and the the real cult black metal scene. You know, that's 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 really what the true measure of that is, I guess. But um, I think you get a lot more interesting music with bands that walk the line anyway. Yeah, it's not really like you know the textbook death metal band isn't going to be as instrument uh, like instrumentally uh, challenging or as fun as the death metal band that touches into black metal every now and then yeah it's there's we we touched on that too a little bit when we interviewed the guys from imprecation um because that's another band that walks that line a lot you know and is kind of i think accepted in the black metal scene but you know also the death metal scene for for the same reason um but you know so so moving forward um uh before we get into the next band I had to acknowledge something that I looked up, and this is interesting. Um, uh, A friend of mine who I asked for advice about this episode told me to look up uh, stress-related zine. Uh, And and Tom, if you look up stress-related metal zine, um, a link should come up for tshirtslayer.com, of all things, was the only evidence I could find of this. Now, what my friend told me was that someone... Uh, who wrote for this zine was from the Babylon area, Babylon, Long Island, uh, and one of was one of the early. There you go, you got it. Was one of the earliest writers to write about the Scandinavian black metal scene and the church burning uh, controversy and and everything else therein. Uh, and sure enough, when I looked it up, Tom's got it pulled up right here. You got a full scan. I guess someone's trying to sell this on tshirtslayer.com. Um, it's a sixty-four. Uh, A4 pages, Xeroxed, black and white, uh, issue four from 1993 of stress-related metal zine. They advertise interviewing Mind Rot, Order from Chaos, Vader, Disembowelment, Dismember, St. Vitus, Paradise Lost, Have a Hedge, and more. 
Uh, and of course, they feature this Scandinavian black metal mafia article, which is you can see it's scanned in there, Tom. If you look, but you can't really read it. Yeah. But um, yeah, there it is with the with the infamous picture of the church burning, and that's from 1993. Again, pre uh, all this internet and social media stuff. A writer from Babylon, maybe one of the first underground zine uh, writers to to cover that story. Uh, in 1993, and luckily we have that proof on that t-shirtslayer.com Did you um, catch this guy's name by any website. chance, the writer, or? Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't catch the, 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 the name, and I don't know if you can, if there's names attributed to the articles, or maybe the, mm. the, the first page there. It's not, it's pretty blurry. Yeah, and my friend didn't give me a name, they just told me that a writer who worked for this zine did the did that article and was from Long Island, so I don't know that the zine itself was even a Long Island zine, or it was a particular writer, but it's worth mentioning um, right there, and... Uh, if anyone wants to 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 credit the, that writer and remembers, feel free to leave that in the comment section where, wherever you follow us, um, or drop us a line uh, on um, on the voicemail or on heavyholepodcast at gmail dot com, and we'll correct that. Um, uh, but it's someone who I, I did get the name. There's another Zine connection from Long Island here. Someone that we have to look up and uh, invite on the show. Dave Wolf with two Fs is a writer. Uh, you can still follow. Um, he did autoerotic asphyxium zine in 1997 and wrote metal reviews for Good Times magazine in his column called The Dungeon. Um, and uh, you can still follow him at aeafanzine.blogspot.com, updated as of yesterday with new interviews. Um, and another reason particularly why I bring it up in this episode is because this guy is also apparently responsible for a project, uh, dating back to the late nineties called Agamemnon, um, which released one CDR called Angry Beyond Forgiveness, 2002 CDR. No audio of this project was found on the internet at all. And the CD goes for $75 on Discogs. Oof. And I'm not going to spend the Patreon guys money on that. No. Um, sorry guys. So that is from my source reputed to be at least applicable to this Long Island black metal episode, this Agamemnon, uh, which was a project of this Dave Wolf writer who covered metal in the nineties. Uh, and, I guess he said it was somewhat ritualistic, uh, ambient black metal soundscape, maybe more comparable to Abruptum than your typical metal music-based black metal. You know, again, getting back to the intent of this uh, music, maybe sometimes being more important than than the actual sonic genre or classification. So I don't have anything to play you by that. Um, That's probably, that might be the most cult release. You want me to just put a few seconds of silence here? So Moment of silence yeah, for, the, the Agam- for the Agamemnon Yeah, CD. listeners can pretend yeah. that they're listening In- to it. Insert here. Just insert whatever you want. Yeah. Go turn on your own black metal album. Okay, that's enough of that. No, I, was, I, was, I thought we were doing it. Well, because we don't have anything to play. So what I'm going to say, though, is... Um, let, let's let's get get more into the the uh, uh, the the form of playing the music after we talk about the band. We'll intro the band a little bit because the next band I have to talk about is Graveyard from Shoreham, Long Island, which is uh, out there. I don't, you know, I've never heard of a band from out out that that way of Long Island, and apparently they date back to 1992. I've talked about them on the podcast here or there before. Longtime listeners might rec- might remember this very cult. DIY raw underground band, um, not much of a 
presence out there um on social media there's a facebook that hasn't been updated in a while but the really interesting band that dates back to 92 another person i got to get on here for an interview is whoever's behind this um they have a new album time ran out from 2021 but all of their releases dating back to 92 are available on their band camp and i don't know that this is necessarily you know black metal through and through because again the intent it has more of a political and social commentary theme than anything satanic or occult based but the sound is really raw black metal influenced or or sounding anyway you yeah. know what i mean let's play a little bit of it. yeah you guys be the judge upstairs kicked his ass and killed him <laughs> back to 92 that band we played their, their release from 2021 um so there's a lot to go back from now we're kind of moving along the next band i'm going to talk about has roots in the 90s uh and some releases even up to the present day thraldom um which actually is kind of i don't know if it's the brainchild of uh, but it always has featured ryan lipinski who people might know as a familiar name from the band unearthly trance from long island uh, as well as my band, Reeking Aura. Um, so Ryan has been known to do a lot of projects over the years. He's a very prolific guitarist, and this kind of has his uh, his signature all over it, I would say, man. Um, you can look up. There's some more raw releases from back in the day that are a little bit, I would say, probably less complex in structure and uh, maybe re- reflect a little bit more of a nostalgic kind of punk thrash-based black metal. And he has a few releases from recently, like 2020, 2021. There's one called uh, Time Will Bend Into Horror that's highly recommended that are just a little bit more musically savvy, I would say. So Thraldom from Long Island, uh, which fe- has always featured Ryan Lipinski of Unearthly Trance and, and Reeking Aura, is another um, highly recommended Long Island black metal gem that I was able to dig up for the listeners here, um, and maybe one of the um, one of the less obscure ones I'd say, which is funny to say because I had to dig for it, but it, we we really had to dig for some of the other ones coming up this episode. <laughs> Um, there's material you can go back and look for on Bandcamp and on YouTube. Kind of hard to find. Um, but some of the some of the next stuff I'm going to get into is even harder to find. I want to talk a little bit about Perpetual Suffering. Fairly short-lived band from the early 2000s. I was fortunate enough, I believe when I was in Biolich, we played a few shows with them around the island and in Brooklyn. They were doing things. 
Um, very death metal influenced black metal band, kind of um, lo-fi, maybe more by necessity, but not choice, but more in common with the Swedish death metal uh, influenced melodic death metal like Dissection or Lord Belial. Um, then blasting Scandinavian uh, black metal, actually more in common with like maybe first wave acts like Celtic Frost at times due to the chugging mid-paced parts and traditional metal riffing and structures. Um, sometimes they pick up the pace and have tendencies more in line with the late 90s and early 2000s and what was like competitive at the time. But um, be careful of other bands with the same name when looking this up. Um, there's one from New York also that's active now, but this... Perpetual Suffering, they put out this uh, self-titled album that people can find on YouTube, at least. This was like the MySpace era, so, <clears throat> you know, good luck finding this. And they actually, um, they put out a split with Cyanide Breed that was out there, too, for a while in the early 2000s. That's a band that um, uh, featured someone who would later kick me out of a band. Oh. <laughs> yeah, a little, little tidbit for, for the Long Island people, uh, for the Long Island lore people. So, um yeah, but definitely not bad at all, man. It's, you know, young, it, younger band at the time, um, kind of a raw recording, but worth looking up, Perpetual Suffering from Long Island. Um, what's, let's, let's, what's the name of that song? Let's at least people give that to this go This is on. a homicidal confirmation. There you go. Let's give them a drop of that. drum in there yeah that that was the early 2000s for sure yeah that was super tight like that was i think uh i think that was jeremy um hold on a second great drum performance overall um like you mentioned the mix whether it was desired outcome or uh a mix of just means available i think it's pretty solid and man that, that that snare is killer though yeah, Jeremy Salvo on drums of uh Zoth X O T H Zoth and um been he been been in a, a number of projects over in bands oh, over he's the in years, man. Zoth, like the thrash band? I think this was more of a one man black metal project. I know the yeah, I saw the name around. I think so, there's there's other Zoths, I'm not sure. It's probably pretty pretty common actually. Uh yeah, I'm not sure where it comes from. But mm. but regardless, um yeah, re- cool um little recording man if you can get over the raw production uh, and like i said a little bit more in line with maybe dissection than what people consider like raw black metal or whatever you know um moving forward now we're gonna go someplace a little weird with this one this one was a real deep dive nugget this is something that um one of my sources texted me at the last minute this morning and i went down quite a wormhole with this one um they cut one cdr album in like 2008 uh called nightmare good luck finding that um good luck finding anything except for a few songs on youtube uh embracing carpathian mourning mourning like uh you know someone died mourning uh embracing carpathian mourning from long island new york 
Uh, Ryan Bowman, um, formerly of Dimension On, the guy who played drums for Dimension On around the time I was in Biolich and we were playing out in the early 2000s, uh, is the main creative force behind this short-lived project. Uh, also featured Joshua, who I, I guy who goes by one name on Metallum and has corpse paint, but I oddly remember Joshua. I remember that guy from the from the era. So shout out to him. I hope that both these guys are doing good. Um, Ryan was apparently the main creative instrumental force behind this short-lived project. Uh, melancholic, melodic, kind of depressive elements of that symphonic and doom metal with like a blackened wall of fuzzy sound guitar. Um, but some some kind of interesting like the program drums and samples and kind of like washy. It was like like it sounded like it was recorded on a computer, but in a in like almost a nice warm way, right? Is that weird to say? Um, it's kind of. I don't have to hear it again to really zone in on that. Yeah, it had like this ambient kind of soft quality, this washy, depressed quality to it. There's two songs you can listen to, but what struck me was I later, I then played you um, Triloquist, or no, I'm sorry, it's probably Triloquist, like Trill. Triloquist, I'm showing my age. T-R-I-L-O-Q-U-I-S-T. Triloquist, um, who you can look up on SoundCloud and YouTube. Uh, Ryan apparently makes hip-hop and electronic music uh, and whatever they call that genre that I'm too old to know nowadays. Really cool shit. Um, and I guess there's one song where you look up Embracing Carpathian Morning where, it, where it's it's uh, um, it's a song that he's done recently called that. So this is something, this is a cool little Long Island wormhole to go down, something that hopefully isn't forgotten now that I've brought it up, is Embracing Carpathian Morning. There's a couple of interesting little... Um, I would say MySpace era uh, uh, depressive symphonic black metal compositions out there. And the guy is now making more uh, hip-hop based electronic music that I feel like somehow in the layering and in the ambient quality to it, there's there's a, a lineage tra- tracing back to this black metal project. Let's play them both. Yeah, one one after the other. <laughs> figured out tom tom helped me with the audio issue i was having in my head uh we figured out that what i meant by like computer softness was going like line in instead like like tom explain what i'm trying to say right like not having interface with a preamp you just have that mic line level in to your computer i thought it worked for the for the the mellow sound of that project i think i think it works for black metal overall yeah yeah. because it there is something when you have like uh a signal that's pushed that much that has almost this like tapish quality. It's not yeah. tape at all, but it breaks up like tape. Yes, yes. Um, Very interesting. Speaking of breaking up like tape, let's now play you Triloquist, uh, a project by the same guy.
when you spend your time recording yourself and doing all these projects and doing that DIY thing, you end up making hip hop at some point. I I can't lie. I ended up having a whole like rap delusional rap phase of my life where I recorded multiple mixtapes. I never rapped, but I had like yeah. so many beats. I used to sample from vinyl. I went like crate digging, as they call it. Yeah, did yeah. that for a while, yeah. and then I realized that uh, I really didn't like it enough. I'm picturing you with like a bucket hat on, looking yeah. in the mirror, having like a realization moment. Uh, yeah, I was pretty close. And like a like a big plastic peace sign necklace. I made some fantastic beats, but it's just like it's not, it's not where my heart is at all. Yeah, to, for lack of a better term, I guess I, I was like I could do hip hop mm. on the production end. I don't really want to. You know what the thing about hip hop is? It's like the older you get, the harder it is to be relevant. And you definitely like you, like no one's really breaking in as a forty year old rapper. No. But with metal, you kind of always have a shot. You know what I mean? Like with like yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like you know with like big commercial, like you know, selling out arenas metal. I'm just talking about like the, the underground death metal scene that I've always been part of is very forgiving mm-hmm. and respectful to artists of a certain age who still get out there and do their thing well yeah an old guy shows up on stage in a band you've never heard of and if they rip it only translates to experience yeah yeah um and if and if it's in the reverse it's kind of with hip-hop it's like you have to be astronomically good uh yeah like to not look kind of creepy like jay-z or you know like there's only yeah i mean yeah, with metal, it's like, yeah, they're either like, yo, he's still got it, he rips, or like with guys like me, they're like, yo, he's out of breath, but I saw him 20 years ago, you know, he's, he's, he yeah. had it, you know, like, <laughs> so it's all good. People are very forgiving, man, look. Um, but speaking of uh, forgiving, man, forgive me for diverging, we're going we're gonna to move on now. Um, that was Embracing Carpathian Morning into Triloquist, uh, Long Island artist. That's just an interesting wormhole to go down if you can even find it. Um, we had to sweep the internet for this. Please... Uh, reach out, like I said, heavyholepodcast at gmail.com or the voicemail uh, number that's wherever you're listening to this in the description. If you can tell us a Long Island black metal band we neglected to cover. Um, next, we're going to get into, I'm, I'm kind of going in a loose chronological order with this. Um, you know, it's not, it's not exact in terms of who came first, perpetual suffering or embracing Carpathian mourning or whatever, but as we move along into the 2010s, I'm going to bring up, um, probably my personal favorite band of this whole, uh, collection of bands that I've been talking about tonight and a band I didn't have to dig very deep for at all. Um, I was fortunate to watch this band's run forced from Queens uh, but played Long Island quite a bit. I saw these guys out on Long Island and, and um, played shows with them with different bands I was in quite a bit um, at the time. Uh, they had a really cool run between 2012 and 2016, which was right around the time Buckshot Facelift got kind of a, a burst of energy and Artificial Brain started getting out there. So I was around um, out there with these guys. I really love this band. Great live, interesting music, very cool, humble guys, and one of the many unsung black metal adjacent bands to have made their mark on Long Island. Um, again, not a Long Island band, not necessarily a black metal band by some people's standards, but very black metal informed, at least. A trio of releases and a Melvin's cover remain on Bandcamp. Um, definitely one of these bands I wish I could go back in time and catch every show they ever did, looking back. Uh, but I'm glad I caught them when I did. Interesting timing and writing. 
um, darkened, kind of doomy, blackened feel, but with an awesome kind of hardcore punk crossover energy at times. Um, just great New York black metal from Queens that made a big impact on Long Island, man. These guys were like, uh, you know, you could see them playing hardcore shows, playing metal shows. I remember when they started getting out there and getting on the road. Um, it was, uh, I was just really happy to see this band take off and I, I wish they would have done more, but I hope these guys are doing great, whatever they were doing. New York and um, again as much as I loved them I think that's also a little bit of getting into New York City where you get that more kind of um, I want to say dark like noise rock kind of influenced black metal you know what I mean yeah Um, although one thing I found out on this this research journey tonight was that Long Island black metal does not have a sound a specific sound I mean do you think it has anything to do with like how it was received like there was a absence of yes. it and then all of a sudden the internet came and there was a billion mm-hmm. like influences to wrap your mind around come like 2003 i definitely think that it's because it was not um well received by the general metal scene in the 90s because It formed these, like, little bubbles, which, like, I talked about at the beginning of the episode and will always hold in high regard the the group of people, not just the members of the band, The Forgotten, which turned into Dimension On, but a lot of their crew of musicians and and and, and circle of friends who have always some of some of whom are still at shows and still around old school people, maybe a generation before me in the metal scene, um, because they really, that's really, and these are people from East Long Island who identified with the old school of the underground black and death metal scene before it was so much of a separated genre. And when things got really into like the the late 90s when it was about internal, ble- internal bleeding and, and karate kicks and shows and kind of this like mm-hmm. hardcore crossover thing, that that was the, the, the old guard kind of rejected that sort of thing. And I think that was also where like the 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 hate against black metal came from. Black metal was for the old guys with the long hair, and the new thing was hip hop and hardcore and dying fetus for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was a big separation to the point where I mean we discussed this at one point where um there was a big fight at uh I guess it would have been the downtown. I don't think it was the crazy donkey. It was the downtown between um well between hardcore kids and old school metal guys i'll leave it at that, that without getting more specific but um you know this hatred against the, the 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 black metal scene it was also more of a generational thing i think at times too 
Um, and then as so so you see black metal develop in these little pockets. That band Graveyard was just kind of it's, it's still kind of Long Island secret. I guess I'm spilling. It. I hope I, don't, I didn't make them less cult by talking about them. Fallen Christ, on the other hand, was a band that had those brutal death metal chops. And all these guys in the 90s who were death metal heads that grew up listening to Death and Morbid Angel and bands like that, when you see Fallen Christ, they, you know, when you saw them live, they could hang with the death metal bands. You know what I mean? No question. Mm -hmm. So it it was kind of, it was also maybe a matter of that sound being rejected too. You know, that Scandinavian black metal sound that's associated with it. So it's, Long Island black metal is more of a treasure hunt than a genre. Sure. And um, I feel like this next no, I, I, it's not the last band, but it's the last uh, I'll say grouping of musicians because there's 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 two I would say key musicians between the two bands. This last two bands that we're gonna get into is more from the late two thousand and tens, the two thousand teens. I'll say um, a generation younger than me. I'll say um, and represents i guess more of the like refined symphonic black metal tradition not necessarily the more like occult down and dirty black metal um again we're like bending you know what is defined as black metal and what isn't at this point but there was a band praetorian p-r-a-e-t-o-r-i-a-n did i get that right um yeah praetorian um, to Dwell in Darkness in 2010 was an album of symphonic, melodic black metal um, influenced maybe by Dimmu Borgir and those kind of adjacent bands that had that like Swedish melodic influence on the black metal. You, you know, know, like those bands were very popular around here, like Dimmu Borgir and Cradle yeah. of Filth. But I think it just takes so much to make those productions. So you didn't have a lot of that here. Mm you got to get a bunch of people on board that someone has to know how to play keyboards. Someone has to know how to do blast beats all crazy. It's like, it's a really hard thing to get one of these like Norwegian sounding, I mean like symphonic sounding bands together here. I, well, you know, I, I agree. I mean, I can only imagine. Well, that's the other thing is that like I was talking about before the point I made about long Island black metal is that, I mean, in the late 90s, if you wanted to start a death metal band, it was tough enough because I I was out there trying to get bands going. And, and um, uh, you know, it was it's tough enough to try to find people and get a band going in most cases. But to, to do black metal on Long Island at that time, yeah, it was definitely a little funky, man. You know, it was hard to, to find people. And then when you find people, are you finding the right people? There's different, like we said, black metal can be the intent of the band. It can be the sound of the band. Could be the look of the, you know, there's different definitions of what constitutes black metal. So what I'm saying for this band is I think this band was maybe a little bit more on the refined commercial end of what's considered black metal in terms of their sound. But this is by far not the worst album I'm bringing up on the podcast tonight. Um, Very ambitious and tight. And you mentioned having a keyboardist, Dana Lengel, um, if I got her name right, the keyboardist of this band. Uh, would also go on to be in the next band I'm going to talk uh, about. And there's clearly in this band, and as you can see, um, growing, you know, moving forward and growing into the next band that we'll talk about, um, the keys and the arrangement of the keys uh, in, in the band were a big driving force in both of these projects. Praetorian, probably, like I said, a little bit more in that black metal, Dimmu Borgir, melodic death metal vibe. You know, not a far cry um from like like uh i was talking about perpetual suffering before but maybe with more of that symphonic 
um, Dimu Borgir Cradle of Filth element having creeped in by the late 2010s. Um, before I get get too far ahead of myself, let's play him a little bit of this Praetorian, Tom. Praetorian, um, yeah, those blast beats, man, the the blood dripping on cardboard. Um, yeah, sound. honestly, you know, the like, w- when did this come out? This came out in 2010. Like, yeah, I mean, it's hard to get a good drum sound when you're doing the DIY thing, man. If and you're recording in your basement and it's like, and, and it's your first lap around the recording thing drums are the hardest thing to make sound good and there might have been some weird trigger involvement that wasn't accurately you'll put like that snap you know they hear like a snappy kick drum and then they put so much in the top end of it and it it just it's it feels like you it just sounds like the beater without the drum yeah but again um you know giving giving that giving these guys a pass yeah it's fine um, and a wink with this one uh, definitely, definitely a part of Long Island black metal history. Um, and, you know, the story goes on. Bassist Eddie Carella and keyboardist Dana Langle both pop up in the band Yonder Realm from North Babylon, New York, with the album The Old Ways in 2014. Um, not a far cry or unexpected progression from Praetorian, but with an emphasis on folk metal now, um, with more matured arrangements, better production, maybe more seasoned musicians themselves and that they're working with in this band. I had the opportunity to see them live uh, going back several years, Yonder Realm, um, probably around the time this album was was still was more fresh and new. And I was very impressed with the musicianship live. Dana Lengel, obviously a key member of the band. Um, you you know you honed in before that that having a good keyboardist is a key part of this. No pun intended on that. Um, this type of project and this yonder realm, though probably more of the melodic folk metal type of music that's big in Europe, still black metal adjacent. And with the two members going back in Praetorian. Uh, I think a, a, an equally noteworthy part of Long Island black metal history. Uh, hopefully we haven't seen the last of Yonder Realm. I'd like to maybe reach out to some of them and, and get them on the show. But um, this is where we kind of leave off with this Long Island black metal episode. And I thought that this would be a great place because this is how I played you for this before. This is a palatable metal album. Um, I'm not even the biggest folk metal guy, this kind of like cultural folk metal thing that's become a big thing the last several years. Yeah, but we did a bonus episode about folk metal and I was pissed. You were pissed? No, you weren't. You I had was, a fucking blast. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, that was that was fun. I know how much I, you hate fun. I that know. shit was fun as hell. Well, I was like secretly pissed that I had to admit to having fun. But um, 
this i also had to admit to having fun listening to this album this is a great album this the old ways 2014 uh by yonder realm who have a, a great lo- i really love their logo that's a, a good logo cool logo man so definitely look this up look up yonder realm um and i'd love to 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 know um either that they're still around or what uh members of this band are working on now yonder realm from long island new york Now, moving forward, Tom, um, if you could still hear me over that din of listeners going, Black Anvil, Black Anvil, why didn't you bring up Black Anvil? Um, They came up a lot in the um, uh, advice that I sought from my... um, uh, my colleagues out there, and much respect to Black Anvil. That's the band I was talking about before when we were talking about bands that are kind of right there that we haven't requested to interview yet. Right. Because uh, I've met those guys, nice guys, humble guys, cool guy, approachable guys. Don't punish them just because I said that now. Um, doing big things now, out on the road with Dark Funeral, Immolation, and Cannibal Corpse. And yeah, I, rules. I see their name popping up in other places, too, in social media now, man. Black Anvil on the... Um, uh, don't call it a comeback now, uh, you know, but I'm uh, I'm saying much respect to those guys. And if the listeners don't realize by now, they have a history, most of those guys, in Long Island hardcore as the band Kill Your Idols. Um, they've done reunion shows and, and, uh, and things like that and have been active with that band uh, in the last several years I've seen. And that band in the 90s was huge. Me, when Kill Your Idols was active, I was looking for Dying Fetus admittedly yeah but i have so much respect for the kill your idols legacy we discussed that a lot when we interviewed um uh dave castile from uh uh castle from a saint vitus bar um when we interviewed uh my friend john berg from the path we talked a lot about the legacy of kill your idols so those are guys i really got to get on the show sooner or later and, and get into and break it down but um for the listeners, highly recommended that you look back at the legacy of Kill Your Idols, the Long Island hardcore band, and then when those guys sold their souls to the dark side and um, pledged allegiance to the devil and created Black Anvil, one of the most successful and true black metal entities to come out of New York City ever, I believe. Um, and that's the key part right there in what I just said. I have always associated Black Anvil with New York City. Long Island guys, for sure. Guys with Long Island hardcore and and general underground Long Island street cred for sure. Not taking anything away from them. But Black Anvil to me has always been a band I associated more with New York City. As in where they cut their teeth, where they're known from, where they represent. Nothing wrong with that either. Is that fair? Um, I would, I, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know a lot about Black Anvil or mm-hmm. Kill Your Idols. So Okay. Okay, I'm just wasting space right now. Tom, you're never wasting space as long as you I, I, you're, you're like Alicia Keys over here, all right, man? You're doing all that beautiful <laughs> editing work. <laughs> I could call you Tom. I could call you Tommy Matola over here, all right? Those fingers. I'll take it. Listen, 
Um, that's the only point I'm trying to bring out, man. So I'm doing the honorable mentions right now, okay? Uh, I, and I, I just gave you why Black Anvil, I mean, I did talk about them, you know what I mean? But we also were combing the depths here. That's also why we didn't play you a few minutes each of, like, Dimension On and Telak Vovin, who have each had their own specific episodes of the podcast. Right. Rigor Sardonicus, who I've brought up before and deserves much respect. I got to interview Joe and get Joe on the podcast eventually. Um, uh, just like Black Anvil, those are names that have been discussed before on the show. I wanted to make this episode really about digging deep and finding the bands that maybe no one heard of and I forgot about or didn't know about myself. So that's also why I didn't talk about Unearthly Trance. Not a black metal band. Right. More notorious as like a Long Island's um, dip, di- diplomats of doom sludge mm-hmm. uh, type of uh, music. But they have an occult bent, which is the thing. Like I said before, there are certain bands that might not sound like black metal, but I could see them being respected by the cult black metal people and maybe even fitting in on some of those shows and fests. Unearthly trance being one by way of their imagery. An atmosphere yeah um another band i mean not not long island but long island adjacent emulation uh true they, their distaste for god definitely mm-hmm. puts them in that category i think there are some black metal fans who have no problem keeping emulation in their in their cd collection alongside all their other like yeah. there's probably some black metal people who listen to like deicide and immolation and that's the only death metal they allow in their collection you know what i mean like i get it like that's but that's the point i'm making is there's some death metal and doom metal that's like actually black metal in a way yeah depending how you look at it so honorable mention on earthly trance and the communion um Mm -hmm. lee shout to uh and rest in peace to lee altamari um founding guitarist of the uh the communion we've talked to, to uh uh, Nick Cassiopo, author and um, former singer of The Communion. We did a whole episode with him a while back. Shout out to him. We got to check in with him again soon. Talk about some of his um, uh, writing that he's been doing and, and getting published the last few years. Um, the Communion was kind of pushing the limits of, like, thematically and artistically. They were, they were, they were more in line with maybe extreme power electronics and cult black metal, in my mind. But they were playing and participating in the grindcore and power electronic scene in a lot of ways. I mean, in the grindcore and power violence scene. Mm-hmm. So, so I, maybe I just confuse people. What I'm saying is they were more associated with grindcore and power violence yeah. here in New York when they played live. But if you really get into the communion's catalog and the atmosphere they set, the themes of their work, I think it had more in common with and was probably inspired more by like extreme black metal and and uh harsh noise power electronics um so that's their name yeah it's very black metal well yeah there's a very weird not specifically like it's like that's the thing they're not specifically anti-christian or satanic but they're definitely disturbing in a weird way there's some odd philosophy at work um so that's that's why i believe the communion deserves an honorable mention in this episode from long island new york you can always go back and check them out um Kralis from brooklyn new york uh mm. shout out to those guys just just a name i thought the listeners might be like hey will what about Kralis? not from long island really not a long no. island band i mean welcome to, i would love to have them come out and play on long island i would love to watch that happen but very city oriented not a long island so i just just wanted to get that out of the way like that's just more of a disclaimer one 
for the, any listeners who I could I could see people kind of why didn't you bring up Kralis this episode? Um, but shout out to them, great band Kralis, and we've had Colin on in the past. It might be time that we have one of those guys on um, again or for the first time. And finally, Hell Rain from Brooklyn, New York. Hell Rain, an interesting band for black metal fans to look into. Very true and cult and raw and stripped down, maybe in the more punk and thrash venom influenced tradition of raw black metal first wave yeah yeah if you want to call it that from brooklyn hell rain brought up uh by um one of the people i sought advice one of my og black metal guys told me to look up hell rain so from brooklyn they will get an honorable mention not necessarily a long island band um and i also have to talk about bloodstorm quickly from pennsylvania because they actually played on Long Island a few times back in the late 90s and are the first black metal band I ever saw play with makeup and the whole nine and a keyboard player in a show with internal bleeding and disfigured and dying fetus. I mean, it was... Those guys had balls to go up there and do the whole Scandinavian black metal routine at like a Long Island kind of beatdown show in the 90s, man. And Bloodstorm was excellent live back then. I've since looked up their records. More of kind of like a speed metal, thrash black metal type of thing. Okay. But um, definitely worth a shot, man. Bloodstorm, good band. Still around, still putting out new material as of last year, I believe. If you're putting makeup on, you need to bring it. Yeah. You need to be very serious about how you play your instrument. And you need to not fuck up or sound dumb. It's... Uh, I've actually seen... Man. It was a hell of a lineup. A weird lineup. Back in... I don't know. Maybe maybe 2014 or something. It was like... Surreption. um, Disgorge. And I think Cryptopsy. Hmm. And... with those three bands, there was some band that was sandwiched between Surreption and Disgorge. Um, clowns. They were doing something black metal-ish. Yeah. The, it was so awful mm. and hard to watch. And, uh, yeah, that, that, like, I felt bad. Surreption, it was their first time in the States. And there was, like, six people watching them. Yeah. And they had just put out a phenomenal album. And, uh... Then here's this black metal band with like twelve people watching them, and uh, it was at Revolution. I remember just thinking to myself, yeah. like, I was like, who put this fucking bill together? Like, it was so close, and then you ruined it with this fucking this. The face paint was so prominent. If they didn't yeah. have the face paint, I may have not realized how bad they were. You know what I'm saying? And the face paint—it's a—it's just such a tricky thing, man. Um. I feel like for the American market, it's especially a tricky thing in New York, the New York market too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is, this might be one of the toughest places to try that on a death metal bill. You know, the Long Island audience. I mean, I'm talking. Yeah, it was like repudiation was on the show. Yeah, you know, like come on, it, you know, it was tough. tough. Yeah, it's rough. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. You, you know, I'm not. I wouldn't discourage anyone from doing it yeah i would just say practice more and and props to bloodstorm they did it and they pulled it off from That's awesome. back in the day and dimension on allegedly the only band i've seen on long island a local long island band i've seen i think they used sheep's head heads lives on stakes and threw them into the audience wow I believe, yeah, allegedly allegedly all right yeah i don't i might have been there might have not okay intense yeah that's all so uh rounding out our long island black metal episode i think that's that kind of does it for the long island black metal we did our honorable mentions 
I combed the depths and tried to bring you guys, the, the Heavy Hole Podcast listeners, um, the, the best I could, the best gems I could from, from Long Island black metal history. Um, so as always, shout to Long Island Death Metal, Pyrexia, Internal Bleeding, Suffocation, and all uh, all of us who, have, who, who look up to them and uh, try to wave the flag ourselves. Um, and I, 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 I thank you for all for bearing with me through this episode. I hope you got a couple of cool jams that you want to listen to. Out of there. A lot of this stuff isn't going to be on people's Spotify um, tab- tabulation next year. You can only find a couple of these things on like MySpace and YouTube. But um, that's kind of the black metal way, right? Obscurity. Yeah. You know? I mean, so. uh, yeah, if you're not showing up on those end of the year lists on Spotify, it means oh. that you're doing it right. Dude, shout out to people who listen to this podcast on Spotify and listen to my bands <laughs> on Spotify. Like, I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm not trying to be a hater. I, I, I have, I listen to music on Spotify. Yeah, I don't use Spotify. Personally. I know you don't. I know you're above it. I know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I looked at that year end review for myself and I was like, why do I do a death metal show? At, all, <laughs> at this point i you know like I, it's it was weird to me again i'm not gonna go on a huge rant or anything but it's like most of most of the music i listen to i listen to on formats right and it's just like the idea that this computer is tab, tab i mean it's it's interesting but it's weird i don't know man no i mean it's really easy like if you want to support a band like buy the tape the vinyl and then use like you can still stream it for ease yeah you know? i like, mean that's Let's just all agree as bands, art, muse, artists out there. Let's all just agree to accept the fact that we're now just t-shirt companies. We write jingles Pretty much, to yeah. sell t-shirts. Yeah, our our albums that we make are just to sell t-shirts and hoodies and thongs and anything you can put that. Lo- I mean, it's really like, dude, what what are we better than Gene Simmons? We're we're, we're, we're above what slapping kind of, our what kind of questions slapping our logo on any merchandising we can. I mean that's what really. But with the with the um, yeah with with Spotify choking the life out of the record industry and making itself a necessity just for people to hear your yeah. your band and be competitive in the music industry anymore. You have to accept the terms of Spotify. There's been a lot of really angry people talking about this on Twitter. I kind of just yeah. lurk. I mean, look, unless you want to be like the Ted Kaczynski of the music industry and live in a cabin off the grid, you kind of got to be on Spotify and you should. have I mean, social you, media, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's you might not like it, but you should be on there. Like, you know, yeah, you're now reduced to a, a traveling t-shirt company, you and your bandmates. Just accept it, bro. Yeah. And fitted hats and those tights with the overall prints. Grinders, if that's the audience. We grind, yeah, t- tobacco grinders, I mean, sorry, TSA. Yeah uh you know yeah whatever you can put that logo or that album art on i mean yeah look at reality fade they're rolling with the times yeah. you know they got bed they got bed spreads there's there's i've seen like i've seen like slam like vulvec vulvectomy slam sheets yeah vulvodynia is like on vulvodynia everything. they're yeah, on whatever. everything they i their merch reach is very respectable hey it's it seems to work for them and um you know good make it do whatever worked for kiss yeah you're better than kiss you know so i i i'm not mad at it man but it is what it is um beyond that uh december the 17th we're gonna we're gonna be pumping this one the next few weeks man we're gonna have a special guest in relation to it december the 17th at rams american pub in holbrook um you got the old pyrexia malignancy reeking aura and human devourment and bowel erosion all playing a show together. I gotta man. go with that. It's gonna be a big old yeah. It's gonna be big. All right. 
Um, actually, it's it's actually it's gonna be tight. It's, it's not a big venue, but it's a big show, man. All right, it's gonna be crazy. Uh, I'm gonna be outside selling merch in like a Carhartt coverall suit. But come on down, man. Um, every, everyone's invited, 18 and over or 18 and under with a uh, adult. Bring the kids. Don't don't let them drink or anything stupid like that. Uh, and that's that's about it, man. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll see you at that one. I'm going yeah. to a um, horror movie festival. Where's that? It's it's a bunch of short films somewhere in the city. It's like 23rd. I forget exactly where I'm going there. Okay. Um, on the fourth. I got to go there in the morning. I'm actually doing some mixes for a few people. Mixing oh, okay. shorts, which is uh, something fun that I do with my busyness. But Like short, like basketball shorts? No, like, uh, you know, film shorts. You know okay. what I'm talking about. I thought maybe and like then tie, tie-dyeing people's basketball shorts. Yeah, shooting out to uh, Patch Hog afterwards to go catch high on fire. Jesus. And, uh, and municipal waste. So you're going from New York City to Patchog? Yeah. That's uh, that's the drive. It's going to be a long day. Yeah. That's... I'm going to have a power nap on the train. I I took the train from uh, Jamaica to Patchog one time. Not, not a bad ride. I think I'm I'm going to have to do that. I think I might get dropped off or Ubered over from Huntington Station. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I'm not driving, man. Here's a tip for you and the listeners. Don't do Huntington Station. Do Cold Spring Harbor. Yeah, no, that's true. Treat, treat yourself. Treat oh yourself. man, it's a nice, nice yeah. scenery there. Hey, yeah. if you have the Huntington sticker on your car, it works there. Does it? Yeah. There you go. Same township. Uh, I just have the um, I have a uh, a blood incantation sticker on my right. car, and I, <laughs> I <laughs> gets me everywhere. And it's expired. Yeah, so it's not a good department. Yeah, it gets gets weird government guys following me. <laughs> They 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 know they know that I know you know what I'm saying. Oh, shout the blood incantation. I'm always doing big things. Um, what else, Tom? What else we got? Um, let's see. Well, I got I got a recommendation. I guess um, we don't have any voicemails, do we? Oh, we do. Hey, dog, it's Tony Baldoni over here. You know, listen. I'm thinking about it. I figured I'd call. I figured I'd complain because I'm I'm very upset right now. I'm upset. I'm not happy. I don't know why. Listen, nobody says it outright. It's very difficult being a metal fan because there is way too many generic, mediocre metal bands out there. It just it makes me uh, hot-blooded like the foreigners, you know? It's, it's very upsetting to me. Uh, you know, I got to waste my time listening to so much garbage to find the jewels. So, you know, this is why I appreciate the Double H, the heavy hole, because you guys now are down very nice. But there's not enough shit talking. Where's all the fucking beef? Where's all the fucking, you know, look at Kenny Omega and CF Punk. Those guys, they fucking... They entertain, you know? Uh, shout out to Justin, you know, wrestling. How you doing? But, uh, listen, I, uh, I appreciate y'all. It's, uh, there's a lot of fucking disgusting, horrendous metal shit out there. But there's always the nice little gems, the little jewels, feathers in the cap. You know, nice little fucking, you know, piece of that fucking salami in the back tooth stuck up in your gums, you know? You wear with pride, you know? 
So, yeah, I mean, bottom line, you know, if you're listening to this right now, you're playing a metal band, your band fucking sucks. Deal with it, you know? You, you got time to, you know, every day is a beautiful, fresh new day. Put on some fresh new linens, maybe a nice uh, new ski jacket that you bought at my Emporium, huh? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, listen, I do it out of love. I fucking beat you down until you're good, huh? Like my fucking father did. Ah, oh, that fucking piece of shit. Tony Baldone. Wow. Tone. Shout out to Tone Baldone on the check-in. We were wondering. I was hoping he was still uh, in the in the country. I, I, hope, I hope he hadn't crossed state line. Um, Wow. Tone Baldone. You're right, Tone. There's a lot of shit. You got to comb through a lot of bullshit um to, to find the good we didn't necessarily recommend you the best shit tonight <laughs> tonight was more of a uh uh exploratory I, uh episode i think it it's kind of hard for this show because it it is journalistic in its mm-hmm. spirit yeah yeah i mean when we stop rolling we talk shit about mad bands but we, oh god but putting I mean... it out there like that that could bite us in the ass if we want to talk to someone's band you know it's just well, my thing is always to like. I obviously I've had to figure out how to be comfortable talking about metal and interviewing metal bands and being in a band myself. Like I've talked to you, Tom, behind the scenes about that feeling. Like, you know, when am I not a death metal singer anymore, and I'm just a death metal podcaster? It's like it's just what's whatever. You know, you're both. It is what it is, man. Like, yeah. But at the same time, part of that is I don't want to be up here cutting out cutting loose reckless on every band i think is garbage there's plenty i don't like everything i hear there's a lot of shit i just don't talk about on the show you know and that doesn't mean that every band i haven't mentioned i hate either you know it's just like all i'm saying is you know there's i don't want to talk shit about everyone and everything because you never know who knows who and who you're going to come across who might actually be good people in real life that help you out i have a lot of friends over all these years of playing underground shows and being in metal bands, I have a lot of good friends whose bands I'm not that into, but they're just awesome people who have done great business with me over the years and supported my band and I've supported them and they've helped me out and I've helped them out. Like in the metal scene, it's not always necessarily about liking someone's band even, you know what I mean? Like, but on that on that end of it where you're searching around looking for shit to listen to yeah man i've been singing that song for a few years now about how i can't wait until this death metal renaissance bubbles down a little bit and we can go back and track down the the gems that we missed some of the bands turn into other genres of music and explore whatever they want to do what these artists do and some of the bands put out there i feel and like i said phobophilic i said that on the last episode mm. Phobophilic to me is maybe like the first crack in that of of this young wave of death metal bands really starting to go uh, abstract and progressive with it. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe we just got to wait it out a little bit longer and something else is going to, you know, this the way I see it, it's going to be like how when grunge knocked metal out of the scene, nobody was even ready for it. I think something's going to happen. And brutal death metal and death metal inspired hardcore or whatever the, the the line is with that stuff nowadays, it's just not gonna be the 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 biggest newest thing anymore. At some point, you know what I mean. The the ceiling's gonna break on that shit eventually, you know. And people like me are still gonna be waving the flag for death metal till whenever. Like I'm it's, I'm used to that shit not being cool. You it's know? also like 
be, because this is like art, and I say like art, not just art, because a lot of people don't. <laughs> it's really kind of like art. It's like art, but a lot of people don't bring any artistic value to the metal scene. Mm. They're just there for like a sonic quality of gruffness. Yeah, yeah. Um, that gets conflated, and these and a lot of artists are very sensitive. It's not sports teams. It's not where you get away with talking about shit, talking yeah. shit to people because you're on a different team. It's like everyone puts a lot of value into what they're doing, even if they don't actually have any value in what they're doing. So you kick up a lot of shit when you put your honest feelings about bands, even even about bands you like, if they drop a shitty album. Like, we gotta bite our tongue there sometimes. Mm. We're... I'd rather just not talk about it. It's not really our place. Like I will go out of my way to say certain bands are bad, but it's already been done already. Like I like we're never gonna interview any of the guys from Carnifex. Like, <laughs> but also our, no one is here to listen to me shitting on Carnifex. You know, it's yeah. like it doesn't do anything. It's also something this podcast has forced me to do the last few years is is form more thought out opinions on things rather than just troll and be elitist and shit talk you know not not that that was like my whole personality on music but i feel like i've grown a little bit from doing that where yeah I, where i would have done that in the past with certain things in private company now i try i i try to give everything an honest chance and a huge part of this podcast has been me going back and giving old albums and old bands chances that I wouldn't have normally listened to, and giving newer, younger bands a chance where I probably would just be listening to None So Vile and Demolich uh, had I not been doing this podcast, you know, and not checking for any young bands, you know, because there was, there was a period in my life where I just didn't give a shit about new bands, new albums. I was just listening to the same death metal and grindcore shit that I had in high school and wasn't really checking for what was hot. You know, and and that, Every, that, everyone you know, does that. You know, happens. it's the pretty normal thing. I mean, look at look at like I don't know, look at my dad's age. Ah, like yeah. they're listening to the same Led Zeppelin songs yeah. that they've and that's just what you do. You we're creature uh <laughs> creatures of comfort. Yeah. And there is a certain comfort in music and familiarity, all that shit. I don't know the science behind it, but I do find myself doing that too, you know? There, There is. I think with music, with I think with niche music like what we're into, whether it's metal or whether you're a hip-hop head or whatever you're into, when it's something like this, I think there's also kind of this desire people have maybe to stay current with it, to see what, what's what's new, what's pushing the edge what's what's progressing things forward and and you know what's what's kind of like on the cusp of 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 things i even liken it like i know a lot of people a lot of people i know co-workers and friends who are really into hip-hop and follow hip-hop and the history of it and who's who's the you know beefing right now and things like that like there's almost this attitude of following hip-hop like it's basketball or baseball or something like that. You know what I mean? Like looking at it from a competitive, you know, who's on the come up, who's a pro, who's a young prospect and who you know what I mean? Like yeah. people follow it almost you you know they 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 know a lot about a lot of different artists, not even necessarily cuz they listen to everybody, they just keep up with the culture of it. There's something to be said for that with metal too. Like I might not like every single band, but I do keep up with things and read about things, follow people on social media from bands just because it's relevant. You know what I mean? A good right. example of that is um oh my god, what's that guy's name? Um 
strapping young lad guy. Devin Townsend. Devin Townsend. Yeah. Not somebody I would love to interview, somebody I have a lot of respect for, not somebody whose music I listen to regularly. Yeah, I have similar feelings about him because I, I think I think I've talked about him once on the show. I would say honestly, I like five sixths of his I don't know why I'm going with sixth. Let's use six. Because that's a time five sixths is like a timing he uses sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Five let's say uh yeah, three quarters of his music I think is awful. Mm. Uh, a quarter of the music I like from him, I love it. It's yeah, it's it's, it's great. It's, it's really great. But so much of it is awful. Mm. Um, but that's the kind of person who you do want to listen to and know what they're up to. Like even yeah. if you know that you've got a pretty bad hit miss ratio yeah. on your hands, you still want to know what they're up to. Um, I mean, he seems like a an interesting guy too, so that helps. Yeah, I you know, I mean, getting just getting back to what Tone was saying about combing through all the bad bands that are out there, it's tough. I mean, have you ever gone on Bandcamp and just sorted by metal or by death? Yeah, metal? it's pretty bad. It's, it's hard. It's hard. So to do. much shit, dude. There's so much shit out there. I've found um, if you there's certain YouTube channels that are really good at 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 po- posting the newer. Uh, hot death metal and gore grind albums in there. So find, you know, look around for f- when you look up albums that you like on YouTube by younger, newer bands. Not necessarily, not younger necessarily, but newer bands or new releases. When you find the YouTube page, look at the, because there's some pages that specialize in getting all the hot new shit. Um, you know, so so it, it's it's tough, man. But I, like I said, I I really feel like we're on the cusp of this thing revolving again and. Maybe de- underground death metal having had its day and people looking at it like that's the old shit, which I'm perfectly cool with being an old guy myself. Yeah, well, shout out to Tone. Yeah, thanks for the check-in, Tone, man. With those ski jackets are selling hopefully this year, man. It's a cold one. Um, Tom. Yes. I yapped my brains out about all this these obscure YouTube files and MySpace pages I looked up to to give people an idea of the Long Island black metal scene. Do you have something you wanted to bring to the table? Yeah, why not? Can you hand me that bottle of booze behind you? Oh, boy. Yes. Well, are you t- are you going to talk about Pantera no, for the next good. 45 minutes? Or? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It'll loosen up. No, I hear that's, uh, is that that tour happening now or something? Or? Yeah, it, it, uh, I don't even want to. Yeah, Metallic is yeah, bringing them out, and they're just billing it as Pantera. Like no asterisk, you know. Like it's just, yeah. um, oh boy, don't get me started. Well, either way, I've been. Um, last time I was on the show, I recommended something that I think made you upset. It was the Limp Biscuit album. It still sucks. Um, yes, I, you did. I stand yes, by. Did. It was a good one. But I guess I've been doing this thing of going through my youth and finding and kind of re-listening to bands and stuff. And one of the bands I. I think I've talked about it before on the show. Everyone knows CKY. Yeah. 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 CKY is cool. Okay. It's still I, cool. I will agree with that statement. Um, so there's all the like weird drama that's been happening with that band. You can imagine with the um That I don't really know too much about the drama. I didn't know a much either. I knew I just knew that the main guy, Daron Miller. He uh, left that band maybe 10 years ago or something, and there's been bad blood because, like, Bam Margera owns the name of the band. 
even though he's not in the band because he did all the yeah. the filing stuff and I, I i i don't know uh exactly what's happening but daron miller he seems like an interesting character he has a new band um aptly named 96 bitter beings uh, uh after that song 96 quite bitter beings which kind of blew them up it was on like a tony hawk game or something yeah yeah um so they have an album out now let me pull that up uh real quick what the heck is okay so it's called uh where is it Oh, yeah, their new album is called Synergy Restored. Um, it really sounds much more like CKY than CKY does. Because mm. uh, CKY is still a band. Uh, Jess Margera playing drums. Uh, some Chad, whatever, the guy who produced the albums, he's now doing lead vocals. But here's a, here's a little clip from the new Daron Miller stuff. <sighs> like new cky it's got that okay. like signature guitar tone where it's yeah. like a synthesizer yeah um it's pretty cool i don't I, i'm not gonna say it's as good as infiltrate right off the bat i also just started listening to it so mm. man, i need to soak in it a few more times but something i thought was interesting is this guy daron miller is also known for being really into death metal Okay. He has a death metal band, and I think it's with that guy Tim Young, from um, he yeah. wasn't wasn't decrepit birth. He wasn't morbid angel, right? Morbid angel, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, as of recently, he's now the lead singer of Malevolent Creation. This guy, yeah, from CKY, the CKY guy. Uh, okay. So that was kind of strange finding that out. That's really uh, a left turn. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Strange to me. I mean, I'm not like a huge malevolent creation fan. I don't dislike them. Well, Reeking Aura opened for them our first show several months ago, and Malevolent was a three piece. So I guess this is since then. Yeah. Now he, it was a three piece with the guitar player doing the vocals. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, now he's on vocals. That's. Um, I would be curious to see that. You want to watch a clip? years of cky and is still doing his own band and now he's singing from like this malevolent create this is such a weird random band to pop up in and i mean malevolence always had the revolving door lineup but that's just a, a crazy guy to you know i i think it's funny um so my first introduction to malevolent creation was through cky 2k huh. the video they had some i forgot what song it was it was off i think it was off stillborn but um, 
Yeah, that was the first. And if you watch the stuff, like one of the guys is always wearing a malevolent, malevolent shirt. Okay. Um, so it's like, I guess, you know, that guy has been really into that. It, to me, it's strange the other way around that he's been into death metal and then makes CKY. Yeah. You know, because yeah. usually when you're into death metal, you make death metal. Like, and a musician will push that. Sh- there are stuff. those guys, though. There are those guys out there. Yeah, I think, um, I think it really speaks to his writing ability that he has like a vision. Yeah. In which it doesn't matter what music he loves, he's going to create this. That's that's pretty interesting to me. And I can kind of see malevolent creation being big with kind of like skateboarder kids who know about Slayer and punk and hardcore. Like malevolent creation is kind of like a death metal Slayer thing going on you know what i mean like they the vocals aren't really unpronounced death metal like malevolent creation definitely has a little bit of a crossover thrash appeal yeah that i could see being being like big with those guys in a way you know kind of skater punk crossover culture skaters love d beats yeah yeah exactly a lot of that in that so he's got this other death metal project called the world under blood that's the one where tim young was and um yeah mike heller from malignancy was drums right. in that band. So, I don't know. The guy seems to really um, get around. It's interesting that he's just starting to ex- full-on explore death metal as a, uh artist this at this stage in his career. That's good. More power to him. Maybe we could get him on. Yeah. I can reach out. Let's yeah. see what's happening. But uh, either way, he's got his own vision, like I mentioned, and he's doing CKY better than CKY is doing CKY. Wow. All right, man. Well, hey... Shout to him for that, man. Um, it's not always easy to start over and reinvent uh, when you when you when you sank a lot of years into a project. Not that I would know, but um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my thirties. But um, uh, moving on, Tom. I thank you for accompanying. I was a little scared. I'm glad I had somebody to go into the uh, the woods of Long Island for this wintry black metal uh, concept episode we just did. I'm happy I could help. Yeah, that was that was a little scary. Glad I had you running the run the board for me. Um, shout out to all of the Long Island black metal uh, bands that we mentioned. Uh, again, drop us a line on heavyholepodcast at gmail dot com or the leave a voicemail or whatever you want to do. If we neglected to mention your favorite Long Island black metal band or one that you even don't like, just we want to talk about it. Um, sh- and shout to uh, all the uh, Long Island death metal bands that we love so much, like we said. Um, shout out to Tom Baldone. Uh, shout out to the shitty bands that he doesn't like. Um, yeah. we, we, we love you, but we don't like you either. Um, <laughs> what's this guy's name? Daron Miller. Daron Miller. Shout out to him. He's invited on the show, man. Maybe we'll reach out to him. Um, definitely gonna keep my eyes peeled. That's so random for me, the malevolent creation thing. But good, yeah. but good for him. Good for him, man. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. Follow us on, uh, IG uh facebook twitter uh for random uh unscheduled posts and um patreon uh coming at you with a bonus episode every once in a while still we appreciate your support very much looking for ways to uh invest that back into the podcast for a much more uh, better experience for everyone next year as we look forward to 2023 and don't look for us to really leave new york as we will that not lit tom is probably going to be moving but that's a whole nother story but i mean the podcast this month this is december in new york we're keeping it new york for the holidays i got new york guests coming young old 
somebody um, from from back in the day on the show that the listeners know very well, somebody we've never had, a young band, an old band. This is uh, New York for the winter right now. In 2023, we're going to start getting back to the international guests, the guests from wherever and whenever in the scene. But right now, we're going to keep it New York for the next few weeks. Keep it locked. Uh, we appreciate all your support. Tom, I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks for having me back on the show again. Oh, even yeah. Though I, even though I'm here every week. Every once in a while, I got to give you one. Oh, my God.